think we are live. Yep. Resume. We are being live streamed. Live streaming? What is this? Oh, shoot. I hit the wrong button. I don't want to live stream. Oh, Wayne, we're on OnlyFans. Oh, no. I wish we were. We'd actually make money that way. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> All right, intro. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome to Red Salad Review. Nice of you to join us, James. What? I'm back. Yes. Back in the New York Groove. Long hiatus that you know that we that we did here, you know? It was Uh, a very long time. I think what happened, what happened? Let's see. We see uh since then, since the Night of the Living Dead that we got copyright striked. Uh I went for three seconds. For three seconds of seconds. For three seconds. Uh, went to uh, Orlando for 10 days, did not see Manny for some reason. He was like, you know, that Swedish guy, I don't want to deal with him. Um, <laughs> did Halloween Cute Horror Nights. Exactly, right? Um, <laughs> did, did Halloween Horror Nights, did the whole Disney thing. And then uh, we got, so also, we have a new member of our family. We got a puppy. Hey! Congratulations. New puppy, so we've been dealing with that. So I'm a new dog dad. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. What about Other you, Greg? That, absolutely nothing. That's awesome. But I haven't done shit. I thank <laughs> COVID. Oh, no, you did, huh? and you're still alive. It's amazing. Yeah, that was not pleasant. But uh, no. that really hasn't been a whole lot going on. Very right, cool. What about you, Lou? Glad to see you're okay, Greg. Um, I ended up catching COVID too right after Christmas, but uh, I'm okay. And you're still here too. You're still here. We're all still here. Yeah. Well, this variant didn't hurt me. Um, actually, none of the variants have hurt me, but this one was easy. And thankfully, uh, my wife and daughter didn't catch it. But mm-hmm. once I tested negative, I went back to the gym and boy, was I freaking sucking wind like so quickly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, but uh, back to 100%, you know. So let's see work, band, podcast, family, not in that specific order, but uh, you know, everything is status quo. We did have our first band practice on Friday. I saw, I saw wonderful pictures from that. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, you mean <laughs> Wayne looking like he was having a heart attack? <laughs> 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 That was perfect. Um, yeah. yeah, well, you know, Wayne, that was a great little video that you made of uh, us rehearsing uh, with um, mm. 
the actual audio track of a fate worse than death playing over it because yeah um that's know, what it sounded uh, like <laughs> we don't want to mention the name of the studio but let's just say that uh we 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 couldn't hear each other in the room yeah, it, it was, it, it could have gotten, it could have been better, but you know, it, it is what it is, but we're not saying where. Yeah. Just, it's not an A in my book. No, definitely not an A. No. And I can't wait till I go in my room later to go to bed. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Get what um, we did there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I did wake up this morning and, and as I usually do, I check the, uh, the Twitter and, you know, whatever social medias I have. And I did see a, a post from Ozzy and he did post today that he's uh, not touring anymore. Yeah. So, why, now? I, why now? 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no. When he was wow. supposed to have uh, really not toured anymore. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, he said he had that accident and uh his back is really messed up and everything and he's just his health is bad so you know he's old so you know he's he's old and how many and like you know people say like the the you know drugs add years to your life how many how many years how many negative years has he been running that train we'll we'll all be gone and him (laughs) and keith richards would still be here don't you worry keith richards i think uh, has his aussie beat but uh we we thought david crosby was going to be on that list but nope he proved us wrong Speaking of that, how about 2023 deciding to say, you know what? You guys thought 2022 was bad. Hold my beer. I'm going to take out everybody. Yeah, yeah we're not? only in the first day of February. <laughs> yeah, it's the first day of February. Like, how many how many people have been have been got got from it? Oh man, my opinion on the whole Aussie thing. I mean, look, I I've seen Aussie uh, three times with sabbath since 99 and one two i want to say twice or three times as a solo artist and you know i'm grateful to say that i caught him on good nights um but yeah he should have been he he should have slowed down uh, a very long time ago and 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 i say that as a huge fan of the first four albums including the live albums but uh yeah, uh, looks like Sharon's not going to have that uh, golden calf anymore to abuse. I mean, milk. So um, <laughs> unfortunately, Damn. this probably means we'll get more of Sharon. Sharon! Why, is she going to tour instead? <laughs> Dear God, I hope Don't not. We? <laughs> Imagine she was up on there singing all the Aussie songs. Oh, oh my God, that would, so be ter- that would be so terrible. <laughs> it wouldn't even work. Yeah, no. here's her next single is gonna be Bruce Dickinson an asshole. <laughs> yeah. What what if she comes up with the idea to make an Ozzy hologram? It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't see Ozzy going along with that. I don't know. He seems to go along with everything she wants to do. But yeah, when has he ever put his foot down over anything with Sharon? Well, maybe yeah. maybe twice, and that was re-releasing blizzard and diary with lee kerslake and bob daisley on it and sending lee kerslake his golden platinum records before he passed away so probably two times he put his foot down with sharon that he actually got his way yeah so we might see the ozzy hologram come at some point Mm. yeah wouldn't shock me no it wouldn't shock me either 
Well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but it's sad to hear because, you know, all of our heroes are getting old now. So or they've been old for a while. But yeah, I was going to say, like, some of them have been old, I bet. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just weird. It's weird for me, you know. I still feel like I'm hearing these. Uh, I still remember hearing these people from, you know, not that long ago, like just, just discovering them and then seeing I mean, now that they're getting I old mean, to the I, point. I remember seeing Ozzy going, I was like, man, you know, he's kind of old to be doing this in mm. freaking 20, uh, 2003 before I would join the military. And that was 19 years ago. <laughs> you know? He seemed old to me. He seemed old to me when uh, No Tears came out, you know, yeah. and, and to you see mean, you mean no more on, beers? Yeah. No yeah, more, yeah. No more beers. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, re- really the only time I ever saw him and it was bad was the last time in 2006. But before that, even though he looked old, he was still great. But just right around then, he kind of seemed like he was starting to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even that TV show was like he was getting really bad too. Uh, that was the beginning well, of the end for me. Yeah, but I mean uh, that that uh, t- I think it was Ozfest that year. Yeah, 2006. He didn't even really sing most of the songs. He'd sing a couple lines and then point at the audience and just walk away and do goofy shit. <laughs> he barely played half that. To- he barely played half that tour. He wow. barely played half that tour. System of a Down was headlining every night. Yep. What's yours? Two weeks on. Oh, what the hell is that? But uh, we have Stan in the chat, and he's. Uh, I, hey, I put Stan. up a little. Um, I put up a picture of tonight's show, which is uh, about top replacements, and uh, he commented here: uh, "Blaze Bailey is not a top replacement, more like a forgotten one." And then he wrote, uh, "Ozzy, the luckiest man, the luckiest frontman in the genre, a no talent hack who never wrote anything and was always surrounded by talent." And uh, he wrote, Sharon, don't throw eggs around. They're worth too much money nowadays. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Is that Sammy Hagar you posted? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, top no, replacement. Sammy Hagar, he would have said he was the original replacement singer, not Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> no, but the, <laughs> the image, I, I, I made an image of uh, our top replacement. So I put Dio, uh, Adrian Smith, Sammy Hagar, uh eric carr um <laughs> blaze bailey and, and mark, uh, Wahlberg mark Wahlberg and steel dragon <laughs> <laughs> uh, that should get us some clicks so oh, possibly hey uh, let's not forget though sammy almost replaced phil and selmo and pantera i heard not that. I, and i don't know if you see the picture uh adrian smith has a guitar in his hand and the head of the guitar is up sammy hagar's butt that is beautiful. That is <laughs> a work like of art. So awesome. I did that for I did that for Ralph Vieira because I think he'd like that. <laughs> oh, you so anyway, yes. Yeah, so our show is about the top replacements, and uh, this it, Lou, you came up with this idea. I mean, uh, you mentioned that, and even Greg was like, "How the hell are we going to do that? That's like impossible." And I thought maybe it would be kind of easy, but then really thinking about it, it's it is kind of hard. I overthought it way too much at first. You did. You were going a little nuts, but I do kind of understand. I mean, there was reasons for it. I mean, even I thought about it too, because I mean, there's some stuff in there. You're like, really? I mean, you know, would this one qualify or would this one qualify or would this one qualify? So getting the parameters was a little difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Stan Stan said Sammy Hagar made Van Halen popular. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you believe that one, buddy? I got a condo in Florida to sell you. Just give me your credit card number. <laughs> well, I mean, somebody posted, I think it was in the live chat or in the Twitter feed or what in the, in the Rat Side Review Twitter feed, um, that it would be a good idea for us to discuss our favorite replacement band members. And, uh, you know, normally Rat Side Review of Old always did uh, six. I said, well, you know, being that we also have Manny usually on the live shows, but he's not here today. Manny, hope all is well. Um, you know, maybe because there's five of us, you know, cut it down to three each. But, you know, I mean, like if you have three, five or six, whatever, you know, hey, at least we could discuss our top three and whatever. Um, so, you know, we could have gone the Rolling Stone route and we could have gone, you know, the top replacement members that made an impact for the band and their fans and the music industry. But Which we're sucks. not Rolling Stones. We have uh, we have integrity. So, you know, uh, yeah. I, I mentioned we have um, integrity. We got integrity. Integrity. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we could have just discussed, you know, our favorite replacement members in bands who um, made the band better, made the bands better for us. So I said, you know, don't think too much of it. Just, you know, whatever you prefer. So, Oh, man, I have no idea what's going on right now. Want to get high? <laughs> Don't forget to bring a towel. Let me just let me get high first. <laughs> That's Tegrity. You're the worst character ever, Tally. I, I know. know. <laughs> That's great. All right. So, who wants to go first? Um, who who wants to go? Well, I have an honorable mention. Go ahead. If, go ahead. if we, I if thought we honorable have. mentions get mentioned after. Usually, no, they no, they get honored before. Only Fine. if. Uh, and, and you know what? And I and I highly doubt Greg did this, and I highly doubt Wayne did this. But I want to talk about the uh, the great 2003 trade of Metallica. Speaking of Ozzy, the Ozzy Metallica trade of Rob, uh, Robert Trujillo and Jason Newstead getting drafted for draft picks and uh, conversation and uh, you know future assets. Mm. No, 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 sports ball fans. I see. No, but. But I did see that lineup live, and that was a great lineup for Ozzy. It was a great lineup live. I did get to see that also at Ozfest. That's where I saw it in the Connecticut one. Yeah, so. no, he was great. That was awesome. I mean, it, it was actually cool to see Ozzy play some deeper tracks that tour because he never played Into the Void outside of Black Sabbath. So for him to actually, uh, and, and that's my favorite Black Sabbath song of all time. Um, so it's, it's actually I've seen them do it live with uh, uh, Mike Borden on drums, Zach on guitar and, um, and and Jason on bass. I was like, OK, this is cool. This is really cool. So and the yeah. other thing about that is Jason was doing double duty because he was also playing bass with Voivod, which yes, they was doing Voivod. The they killed it that day. Jason Jason really helped bring them back and getting that record deal and really helped that a lot financially and getting them on the Ozfest tour. That was, yeah, he did a lot for Voivod. That was really cool. Not my favorite record, but he was good with them. No, it was it was a good one. And uh, you know, I'm 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 actually happy to say that um during Cradle of Filth set, I saw 10 minutes of it, walked away. <laughs> Voivod was uh by the merch booth actually uh shaking hands with fans and uh signing autographs or whatever and they were all the nicest guys and Piggy was 
really cool because I, you know, I told him, hey, I'm a guitar player and I think you're awesome. And he was like, oh, thank you, Messi. So, you know, just it was pretty it was pretty cool to say I met Piggy. So rest yeah. in peace, Piggy. Awesome guy. Cool. All right. I'm going to I'm going to start this. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Barlow in Iced Earth. You know, the first two Iced Earth albums had a different singer on each album. The first singer, he was OK, but then he had that like high pitched uh, screaming thing that he did on some of the songs and just kind of irked me a bit. And the second singer was actually pretty good, too. Uh, actually, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Lee Gibson, I talked to him on Facebook every once in a while. He's actually friends with the second singer of Iced Earth. Uh, but uh, Matt Barlow came into Iced Earth and really got Iced Earth to be like, you know, to, for people to know who they are. You know, I, I think without Matt Barlow, I don't think a lot of people were, I don't think Iced Earth probably maybe would have gotten as popular as they did without him. He was the voice of Iced Earth. And, uh, you know, when he left, it kind of just like they were still OK, but they kind of went to shit a little bit, you know. But uh, Matt Barlow, he's just a, an awesome vocalist and a, an awesome front man. And we even had him on the show here when he was talking about Ashes of Aries. And um, yes, he was really cool guy. And you mentioned that Kevin Conroy was his favorite Batman. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, which, which is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he was like the 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 best thing that they, they did for that band. You know, for that third album, uh, was it the third album? Yeah, third album. It was the third album, yeah. Yeah, yep, good stuff. Uh, what about you, Greg? How many are we uh, doing, by the way? I don't know. We we'll just skip around. Right, just do whatever you want. All right, cool. That's why I yeah. just put top okay. replacements. I didn't say top three or top five or just top. Yeah, I got six written down personally, but we'll see what happens. Uh, for my number one, I put Adrian Smith coming in Iron Maiden. You know. Yeah. Killers really is, is that quintessential survey um, says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just one of the gr- greatest guitar teams ever was born, and he has that sense of melody. You know, it was like Robertson coming into Thin Lizzy that really solidified the Iron Maiden sound. And then funny you bring up Thin Lizzy. I was going to add those two guitars to my my list: uh, Brian Robinson and. Um, Scott Gorham, because uh, when they both joined in Lizzie, uh, the Nightlife album wasn't that great, but the next album, uh, I Fighting, love Nightlife, even though Nightlife is okay, but it's so metal. It's just like, I don't know, it's not what you, I wanted after the previous album, you know? Okay, yeah, you don't like, yeah, you don't get like stuff brownie. too heavy. We get it, Wayne. You're a little old fuddy duddy. <laughs> what? Nightlife was like a light out. It was like a, a, a almost it's like light a light FM um, rock. It's beach music. Yeah, I, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. I was joking. <laughs> but the next album was just like, oh my god, this is so awesome. And and those two made Thin Lizzy. I think you know. So, I totally agree with you, Greg. Yeah, it's just one of them things. Perfect matchup, you know. And I, I love Adrian's style. That's why I'm so I so hope that new tour with the Somewhere in Time songs comes to the U.S. sooner rather than later. Yeah, yes. they, they can't skip here. What about you, Lou? Well, um, just to piggyback on Greg's answer, yeah, Adrian Smith is my favorite Maiden member, and he's the only guitar player whose signature guitar I actually own. So that's how much of an impact he made on me. Um, but uh, I'm actually going to say Thin Lizzy, but it's not uh, Brian Robertson and um, and Scott Gorham replacing Eric Bell. I'm actually going to say Gary Moore replacing Brian Robertson, because <laughs> for me, Black Rose is the quintessential 
than Lizzie album. Um, it is my favorite. It's it's my favorite. I mean, I remember hearing Black Rose when I was in Ireland, and just remembering the impact that song made on me when I when I was in Dublin, of all cities. So um, I'll never forget hearing Gary Moore with Thin Lizzy for the first time ever in summer of 2005 and you know it's it's gary moore i should have picked that too because uh that is my favorite lizzie album Mine's you know what i'm gonna throw him in he's in my list black rose one what was that greg the mine's bad reputation but black rose is a really good one and yeah, but- brian robertson only plays on four songs on bad reputation anyway so that's actually my third favorite Lizzie album. Second would be Thunder and Lightning. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of odd that, you know, the, the Live and Dangerous tour was recorded on the Bad Reputation tour and featured the four members, but Brian was a guest member on Bad Reputation because I think he got fired for getting into uh, a bar scuffle or something. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, does that surprise anybody, really? <laughs> no, there was that. And. <laughs> know what pissed him off is they said it was because he you know kept showing up drunk all the time and totally hammered but the rest of them were doing drugs and i think he felt right. really well <laughs> well he was a 19 year old glaswegian what did you expect <laughs> sorry right, for anyone in scotland watching this that's offended by it but i'm sorry it happened <laughs> 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 i wasn't i was staying quiet my family's my i have family from edinburgh not glasgow you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye when that happened i was <laughs> and for all the uh, couches still are never grow up never grow up what about you james um so my first one um uh, i i have two singers a, a guitarist and a bassist so how hmm. this is going but my first one actually is um arc enemy elisa white uh i, I had no idea how to say her last Elisa white glues glues uh and she replaced angela uh, gasau which i actually hmm. enjoy Alyssa's uh vocals way more than i do angela's even though i do like nemesis and i do like a lot of the arc enemy albums you know with uh, angela in it i just like elisa a lot better isn't it arch enemy yeah, I call it. Yeah, I don't care. I say Arch. <laughs> Get off my nuts. Do you say Archangel or Archangel? Arch. What do you say? He'll I say be Archangel. Dead in the I cold, do. I cold do. Cold I don't before he recognizes St. Louis. <laughs> Dude, just because I take a, a, a wrong turn at Albuquerque doesn't mean I don't. I mean, yes, I say I spell color the English way, not even the American way. All right, I <laughs> I do things that are weird. Okay. Apparently. Exactly. Pinky's up at all times. Uh. <laughs> Your Emily Post, very nice. <laughs> uh, I never got into Arch Enemy. I've tried. I, I just I, can't get into it. I thought they were great. I mean, they still are. But, you know, for me, when Angela joined on vocals with uh, Wages, it was Wages of Sin, right, yes. James? Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I was blown away by that, so... I mean, don't get me wrong. It, the 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 albums start peaking when Angela gets on there. I just like Alyssa's vocals way more. That's fine. Uh, Stan think, says arse enemy. 
Exactly. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, look at the Glasgowans are here. <laughs> the Glaswegians are here. The Glaswegians have arrived. By way of their, Brooklyn. All the way of Brooklyn by way of their haggis boats. Yes. <laughs> Kill power. Um, what? Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say something, James. No, no, I was just laughing. Okay. Uh, this one is not metal. But um, this is uh, this is a band that killed metal, apparently, to a lot of people. Uh, Nirvana, uh, when Dave Grohl joined Nirvana, I think you know he really made Nirvana. I, the, the Bleach album's cool and everything, but uh, the drums just didn't really mesh very well with the band. And when Dave Grohl joined, and that that uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit came on uh, MTV. You know, at that time, it blew me away, you know, and that was just, and still to this day, I think Dave Grohl is an awesome drummer. And I know a lot of people hate him and they, they, they're sick of seeing him and everything, but I still think he's a great musician and he made Nirvana. He gave them that, that sound, you know, not, not the guitar sound, but you know, with the drums and everything, it just, um, he gave, he gave, he, he added more to Nirvana than uh, the original drummer did. So I, I do like the I do like the story from when, uh, when I was listening to the Smells Like Teen Spirit. I think it was like there was a thirty anniversary they had like a couple of years ago or forty year anniversary. I forget how old that thing album is. It's thirty two years old at this point. So so it was like two years ago during the thirtieth anniversary. They were doing an interview and Dave Grohl felt embarrassed that he had to use a click track during Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Uh, during the whole the whole Nevermind album, yeah, he felt like it was like the degrading of him the entire time. The, and the producer was like, "No, motherfucker, <laughs> use do it. We want this this speed, goddammit. and yeah. put it that way." And you know, it shows that hey, even the best drummers sometimes need need a little help with with beat, Wayne. Yeah. Anyway, no, hey, it's I hate the <laughs> click track. I mean, now I'm used to it, but because I would never use it before. But um, it's it's a hard thing to get used to using. You know, if you're not something that if it's something that you're not always playing to it because it feels like it constricts you to you know that click all the time but once you get used to it and you play along with it more and more and more you kind of just like forget about it and i'm kind of getting to that point so i i understand what he went through it sucks greg oh my number two your number two okay good because i don't want to talk about that. i didn't number well, number, you know, number one, I, did, I, I, I request for you to take a number two. <laughs> I didn't number mine. I just, I'm just going whatever. Uh, Barney Greenway, when he joined Napalm Death. Because mm. that was a very important transition for them where they moved out of being pure grindcore into a mix of grindcore and death metal and uh, just opened up so many more avenues for them and really set one of the standards in extreme metal. And to this day, they're still touring now as a four-piece instead of a five-piece because Jesse Pintado passed, unfortunately. But um, I, I like their first couple grindcore albums from Enslavement to Obliteration and Scum. It's cool for what it is, but you can only go so far with grindcore. You know what I mean? I love them, but them adding in the death metal stylings and getting Barney with the growls and the better ability to sing rather than just screaming you suffer but why in a, in a second and a half you know <laughs> really made a huge difference to me and harmony corruption i still think is one of the best metal albums of all time along with utopia banished another band i never got into 
Yep. Well, I have a feeling it's gonna be a lot of not that. something I really see you liking, but uh, very... <laughs> yeah, we don't really see that going up your alley. No, I like well, there's a lot of things that go up my alley, but not that. What? No, I like Napalm Death. I I actually saw them in concert at CBGB of all places with really? uh, Soylent Green, Isis, and uh, Diecast as the opening acts, and uh, they were uh, they were they were incredible. Um, you know, oh, I, I just Isis I re- was there. Yes, the band Isis. Oh, okay. I was wondering why your throat wasn't slit. Best energy in a show, <laughs> really. <laughs> One of the best shows I've ever seen, if not the best, was Obituary and Napalm Death doing a double bill in 2005 when Obituary just came back. Mm. Stan wants us to talk about the the same lineup that established in 89. You know what I mean? They, uh, they really had some longevity with that and did some amazing stuff. Yeah, they really did. Yep. And thank you, Barney Greenway for making napalm death songs last from one second to one minute. (laughs) Oh shit. Also the album he did with benediction is great too. Mm. Where'd James go? Uh, James, you live. I don't know. But the stand wants us to talk about the greatest band of all time, Blue Oyster Cult. Well, well the original lineup was the, the original lineup was the best. I, yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually thought of mentioning them as an honorable mention because uh, the, the current ma- band members, you know, especially Jules Randino are are great. They're excellent live, but. It's still not the same as the having the Bouchard brothers and Alan Lanier. They just they had something really special where even when they went total pop on mirrors, like not all of it sounds like Blue Oyster Cult, but all of it ends up coming off brilliant because mm-hmm. they were such good musicians and how they could play off each other. And no matter who they get in the band, they would just never reach that level again as much as I really honestly can say I do like every album. They just uh, not not a good candidate for this particular episode, unfortunately. Yeah. Even though but, that the last album though was really good though. I, and and yeah, all the players great. they have on it, they're they're awesome. You know, the, the new drummer is awesome. Um, I can't think of his name, Robbie. Um, I can't think of his name, but he's he's great too because he does everything. He sings, he's playing guitar, he's playing piano. I don't know if you guys have seen him live recently, but he's like all over yeah. the place. Uh, I saw BOC. They did a free show uh, in um, Massapequa, at Massapequa Park. Yeah, they're always out by you doing free shows. Yeah, yeah, and we got to see them. Uh, it was me, my wife, her sisters, and our brother-in-law. And my wife's watching them, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh my god, that's Richie!" I'm like, what? Richie Castellano. Yes. Wait, that's what I was thinking of. Yes. Thank you. Richie Cast. Oh, you said Robbie. Oh, I, yeah. I know Richie Robbie. I just, well, Richie was a student teacher at SUNY Purchase when my wife, Erin, was a student there. So she actually got to know Richie very well. <laughs> that's awesome. Not not like that's that. And cool. uh, not not know her that very well. Just, you know, <laughs> well, it was going there, but. but Great. Oh, well, as, far as, she, as far as she let you that. know. Uh, shut yeah, up, good Wayne. Thing, good thing you're watching us listen to this show, Lou. <laughs> no, but uh, no, yeah. she mentioned that Richie was a great guy. She's like, oh my God, he made it. He's a BOC. I'm like, eh, if it wasn't for the stinking cowbell sketch, you wouldn't even be talking about them. Give me a break. Mm. 
When when did you go see that show? <laughs> that was uh, September 2000. Uh, it was either August or September 2014. I wonder if that's. I wonder if I was there because I did go to that show, and I know they did another one not too soon after that. Did you so do I, you remember I, a walking cowbell uh, uh, choir going around? No, I don't remember that. Okay. Also, so I remember is my wife uh, wanted to leave. <laughs> she does not like Blue Oyster Cult. Should have just had her wait in the car or then if that was I the should case. Have. I should have. Should have never took her. And uh, I, I don't want to read this because I know Greg's probably going to get so angry right now. But I'm going to read it anyway. What did Stan okay. say? Ghost is the new BOC, in his opinion. Uh, no. Ghost is ghost. BOC <laughs> is BOC. The twain do not meet. No, no. Ghost is creepy ABBA at best. BOC imitators at worst. Uh, yeah, I, I dis- we disagree with that, but I like their spooky music. And uh, Harry Barnett, uh, why are my CDs dark now? Did I go and color them individually? And he put the color, the European color spelling in that too, which is kind of funny. Um, I, I have a... <laughs> well, he's a Brit. Doppelgangers do doppelganger things, yes. Uh, I am a teenager, uh, uh, you know, a teenage girl, and I bought some LED lights, so now I can change my background, and I can do any color. See that? So I didn't color my CDs. I just bought some. So now when he's sitting down there depressed and listening to Sunny Day Real Estate, he can change the colors to reflect. (laughs) You did not just drop Sunny Day Real Estate on Rod Salad Review. (laughs) Yes, he did. I think I can make it go all crazy, too. The most emo band since Rites of Spring. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got him good. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at that. He's going to start doing multicolor now. He's going to yeah. start doing a disco tech down Let's there. Let's see. How does it feel? <laughs> I'll leave it green because now he pissed me off. So we know what happened when he turned green. Uh, did someone die? Are you? Are your are the CDs darkened for the DC? <laughs> no, the CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Only the death of good taste. Uh, I do have some deceased albums in there, though, but no, nobody has died. Uh, Manny isn't here, though, uh, so it feels like the, the show has died a little bit because we've missed Manny, but uh, no, no, everybody's alive so far. We'll see what happens later. Let's keep it that way. Uh, who are we up to? Uh, Lou. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, so I'm going to probably get a lot of flack for this, but I really don't care. Um, it's my opinion. Um, the album they released with this singer is my favorite album that they've ever done. So I'm going to say when John Bush replaced Joey Belladonna and uh, Anthrax. Yeah, yeah, I love Sound of White Noise still to this day. It's still my favorite Anthrax album. Just talking about the, I had a guest on before this show and uh, we were talking about that too. Actually, and his album was his favorite Anthrax album was four, four, uh, Stomp 442. That's a good one. That's, I mean, that's some yeah, standout right. tracks on it. It was a, like I told him, I said, it was, when I first heard it, it was a very big shock to me because uh, Sound of White Noise is awesome. That's like, you know, the best Anthrax album I, to me. And then hearing that, I'm like, uh, you know, it's missing something, you know, it's missing Danny. You yeah, think I'm nuts if I tell you which my fully favorite one is. Fistful of Metal, right? State of Euphoria. State. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I think we did talk about that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a good one. I when back in the day when I was getting into Anthrax and I got up to that album, I did love it a lot. And over the years, I could see it's kind of like you know it's okay now, but I still do like it. But sound to me, Sound of White Noise is the best Anthrax. So I will. Yeah, I, I mean, I was an Armored Saint fan before I was an Anthrax fan. So you know, for me, it was a no brainer. 
Oh yeah. I love John Bush. It's a, it's a really good record. I just, I happen to like um, the early Joey material more, but it's, it's not a slight against that album at all. Oh, Joey's awesome too. Just uh, yeah. uh, John Bush just added something different to the band, which yeah. I think they needed around that time. Cause that's when, uh, you know, metal was dying and, and John Bush doesn't really have that power metal type vocal style that Joey Baldana has. And, and he's, John has that gruffier type vocals and it fit that style in yeah. that era. And, and, and musically, I kind of don't get why people bitch about it because even though it fits like that era, it's, it's not really a modern sellout like that. Like to me, at least it always sounded like completely the next logical step in evolution from persistence of time for that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not knocking Joey either. I mean, I, I, if I wasn't an Anthrax fan, I wouldn't have gone to see Anthrax in concert. Uh, with yeah, Joey. Which, by the way, he sung only awesome when I saw them mm-hmm. back in August. That was really cool to see. I'm glad you got to see that. I'm happy I at least got to see them do a snippet of I'm the man. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. But uh, what's that? I said good pick. Yeah, good one. Yeah, Thank yeah you, it's sir. a tough one. It's a tough one when like bands like that have like three different singers. It's like, all right, I like Joey Baldana, and you got John John Bush. We're uh, not counting Dan Nelson, so, are we? Nah. <laughs> he was yeah, well. We never got to hear him, so yeah, we don't know. But, no, anyway, it, I'm always amazed at the people that say Neil Turbin, though. I mean, I like Fistful of Metal, but it's good. But uh, I couldn't see him singing the other albums, you know? No, not at all uh james all right so i have uh the when kill switch engage went from jesse leach to howard jones and now they're back to jesse again hmm. Did Wait, not who? who kill jesse switch leach. yeah oh i see another band i don't know yeah another band you don't listen to no. they're, a little, they're a little too heavy for your virgin ears i we get it yeah i, I can't <laughs> listen to anything like that <laughs> but no, I, and honestly, the uh, latest album with Signal Fire with both of them uh, singing uh, in the, on the same song, it's actually a really awesome uh, song and video with it. The, the both of them like do a handshake, like it's almost like a passion to go to torch again, and you know they go off on their and they you know go off through the lyrics. I I, I like Jesse more than I do Howard, but I feel like during those times when the band made it big, I think Howard was one of the catalysts for it. So. I know Lou has more opinions on Kill Switch than I do. So, oh, I love Kill Switch with Howard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, the the three times I've seen uh, Kill Switch live was with Howard, and you know, he killed those old songs absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there was some great, there was a lot of great material that he did with them. I mentioned to you, James, uh, yesterday on on Messenger. I said, you know, I'm I'm a Howard Jones fan as well. I mean, I loved his band prior to kill switch blood has been shed i suggest people out there go check out the album novella of uriel um but you know kill switch is a is a band that's special for me because i remember getting their cd when i was a college radio dj one of the ones their their debut album their self-titled i had that on rotation for months i was playing it and i ended up becoming very friendly with mike d'antonio the bassist mm-hmm. um so much so that uh, this is going to come as a shock. Um, they had lost their guitar player, P. Cortez, and he asked me if I wanted to come up and audition. Nice. Which I declined. 
because I was one year away from graduating from St. John's and I, you know, I wanted to just get the degree this way in case, you know, um, being in a band didn't work out. I had a fallback plan. Um, but like, you know, every time I met up with him afterwards, still awesome, awesome bunch of guys to me. And, you know, and, and honestly, I think the album alive or just breathing is a freaking masterpiece of, uh, early two thousands metal metal in general. I, I think it's a masterpiece. I wouldn't want to have tainted that album <laughs> with anything <laughs> that I did. So Jesse's performance on it. I mean, I to this day, I still think it's the best thing that I've ever done. That's not taking anything away from Howard. But um, yeah, no, I, I that's just uh, it's just my, my personal preference. I prefer Jesse to Howard, but I think Howard was amazing with Killswitch. And, 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 I, and I know it sounds like it's blasphemy. But actually, I enjoy their Dio cover of Holy Diver. I think it's one of the better covers out there because they did their own little thing with it. Yeah, and like saying, no, yeah. Yeah. Harry <laughs> uh, Barnett said, uh, what a great camera James has that it can capture such an image while he's in the middle of that valley. It is, yeah. And uh, Stan says, uh, Richie Faulkner replacing KK Downing and Glenn Tipton. That's pretty big. <laughs> well, technically, Glenn's still in the band. Yeah. Well, his uh, his position in the band is a little shaky right now. Um, oh, Wayne. Oh. Speaking of Judas Priest, I'm going to go with Scott Travis. Uh, I, I do like some of the previous drummers that were in Judas Priest, but Scott Travis came in there and did Painkiller. And made that band, you know, awesome. <laughs> you know, you know, can't get no more metal than at that period of time than than uh, Painkiller. You know that those uh, that double bass drumming in that song and then that that awesome intro that everybody tries to emulate all these metal bands and stuff. And then just what he did to Judas Priest just made them huge, bigger than they already were to me. I don't know. Anyway, I think I think I think it does get the uh, with that whole switching up the drum styles it does make it a little bit more hard charging sound when they, when they're, when they actually wanted to go fast. Now, I mean, I know they were all lost in the sauce there during the eighties. Cause I mean, you have one good album, one absolute dog turd of one. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't talk about turbo right here. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Ram it down was worse than turbo. This is yes. true. This is true. I was, I was, I wasn't going to go that far, but okay. Since we did that. No. Um, <laughs> I and you know and and I really do enjoy the painkiller, um, uh, you know, and some of the other songs that albums after that. So obviously, one of my favorite ones was one of you guys's ones that you guys hated. Did you like Demolition <laughs> better than uh, Jugulator? No, I liked uh, although I liked Jugulator and Demolition way more than most of the Judas Priest albums. Yeah, Jugulator's definitely up there for me as one of my favorite ones, but that uh, you know. I think it's a better album than Demolition. Uh, we already discussed this in the yeah. <laughs> we, did, we did three months of this shit. We three months. You felt like uh, an eternity. Stan says Scott is a boring ass drummer. That's okay. He can well, be wrong. I mean, if we want to talk about stuff from 1990s, certainly not Mitch Harris and Napalm Death. Go buy Harmony Corruption. Buy it now. Sorry, <laughs> Greg. All right. What else you got, Greg? Uh, so 
this one kind of covers multiple bands, mostly because he really didn't stay in any of the bands for various reasons, more than one album, but uh, another death metal one. James Murphy, when he came in a death obituary, um, Cancer and Testament as well. And for the most part, those albums are one of my favorites, if not my favorite overall um, from the bands. He's just got such a unique style. He's such a great player. He really brought out the best in everyone. I mean, Cause of Death by Obituary is a masterpiece. So is Death Shall Rise by Cancer. Uh, Low by Testament is my favorite album by them. And I can't remember the name of the one he did with them in 99. But, you know, he took what I've always felt, even though I like a few albums by them, was a fairly average band and just elevated them to this ridiculous level. That was The Gathering, Greg. That's my favorite Testament album. And that's a great one, too. Um, I like Low better, but both of them are great. But, I mean, uh, you know, his guitar work on Cause of Death and then with Chuck Schindler and Terry Butler and Bill Andrews all in death. I I so wish that didn't go down the way it did with the tour. I would have loved to have heard another album with the four of them playing together. And well, I'm looking at all the stuff that he's been on. I mean, you know, the the albums that he's done with Obituary, like you mentioned, Obituary. I really would cancer love never. to get him on here. I so want to talk to James, even his solo albums. He's just such a, an amazing guitarist. He is active on Facebook. We it would be yes, cool to ask but, him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm just going to end up messaging him out of the blue. I was trying to find someone that maybe knew him, but I haven't had any success so far <laughs> hi i facebook i facebook stalked you i'm a huge fan Please come <laughs> to <our> show. <laughs> that's what i write well you uh, know sometimes I, one of the things i would like to talk to him about most which um generally when he's interviewed i don't see it brought up is his solo albums yeah mm. and and disincarnate which was his own death metal project which was another great record yeah well, I but, know that guy. So, yeah, it was just amazing the way he would come in and bring out the best in everyone and and the music as well. Mm. Yeah, Lou. So this one is interesting, but uh, I I kind of have to say um, this is a, a a double whammy sort of. Uh, I'm gonna say Michael Schenker replacing. Mick Bolton, Larry Wallace, and Bernie Marsden in UFO. And then Uli John Roth replacing Michael Schenker in Good Scorpions. Um, the material that they released with those bands at that time stands upon my favorite eras of those bands. And I love UFO. I love what they did with Paul Chapman. I love what they did with Atomic Tommy uh, McClendon. But I mean, I just remember hearing Lights Out and In Trance, UFO and Scorpions, and those in those albums had bigger impacts on me than anything else that the band has ever uh, bands have ever done. So very interesting. I concur. Two bands I still don't like. God, you guys not mentioning anything I like. You don't like I thought you were a UFO fan. Um I'm not really yet. I have, um, I think I have a best of, and that's about it. He's on his way. I'm on my way. It's growing. I've been delved deep into the uh, UFO discography one day. 
Scorpions, man. Come on. Entrance. I've tried. I, I, you know, I you just won't even listen to the one with Mickey D on it, dude. Animal magnetism? No. I, I bought three Scorpions CDs in a yard sale over the summer. And um, you I want the money back. Yeah, I want them back. No, I, I just threw them up on eBay because I listened to one because it was all scratched. I'm like, oh, man, this is this probably won't even play. So I listened well, to which it. One I don't remember. It was it was one from the 90s. Yeah. See, no, not not what we're talking about at all. No, no I, I and I get it. I, you know, the earlier stuff is always better, but um I just I just couldn't get into it. I, I just don't like his his vocals and I don't, the songs just don't do nothing for me either. I don't know. It's just I don't like them. I've tried. I've tried and tried and tried. I give up. Well, then get that cancer album, damn it. And get you to look something good. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Stan says Mike Weed replacing Michael Denner. Mike Weed didn't replace Michael Denner. Oh, I guess. Yeah, he did. Merciful well, kind of. But yeah. But they didn't record anything. Oh, did they? I'm, no? I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. yeah Mike, oh, Mike, I'm sorry. I'm confusing I'm, it. I'm, Never mind. Yeah, I'm confusing <laughs> it with uh, King Diamond. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, he took that back. He said, hell no. <laughs> but Mike Weed replacing, um, who the hell did Mike Weed replace in uh, King Diamond? Um, Was it God, Sherman? No. It wasn't like a really well-known person. But either way, he's he's good in King Diamond. He's just not good for Merciful Fate. Uh, back to me, my pick. Uh, wait, wait, what about James? Yeah, nah, fuck him. He's after me. Yeah. Is he? Or is he before? Yeah, me? Well, too. No. Well, right, go ahead, James. The last in line. Go ahead, James. Okay, yeah. well, uh, I'm actually going to go non-metal route because I don't believe the Red Hot Chili Peppers are. But uh, John I, F, I never knew how to say Frusciante. the Frusciante. And uh, you know him coming in, and you know leaving had, again, and coming in, and then leaving. I was going to say, and then leaves, <laughs> and then comes back. I, I, I put, I put, and the musical chairs of guitarists after Blood Sugar's Next Magic. Yeah, but yeah. he every time he comes back, he makes the band better. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, right. you know he, you know they do Californication. He leaves. They kind yeah. of he goes back to Stadium Arcadium. And he yeah. leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So he he is the uh, he makes that band. I actually think Californication, by the way, and uh, Stadium Arcadium was his longest run with the band. It really is. Yeah. Well, you know, and honestly, I feel like he's one of the, and, and it's a really tragic reason why he leaves the band is because, well, he, he I don't think he can handle the fame of, of being on tour and everything like that with his, with his demons and everything. That was the first time. Second time was because of his wife, who was making a nice fat alimony check. Yeah. Mm. Jeez. Um, all right. My pick. Uh, this is the greatest replacement of them all. I think I know what you're going to say. So go ahead. Sammy Hagar replacing David Lee uh, Roth in Van Halen. Uh, Good night, everybody. Love comes walking in. I mean, come on. 5150. OU2812, whatever the hell that album's called. I'd rather a 5150 and no phone on my head. <laughs> I would rather 5150 out of this conversation with that freaking thing. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm I'd kidding rather 5150 ton girls suffocate me than ever have to listen to that album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm kidding, but uh, since I'm a huge Halloween fan, if you guys didn't know that already. What? Cease and assist. um and it's it's hard for me to say anything about halloween because every era of the band is like my favorite era 
And, uh, but you know, the original drummer passed away and, uh, his replacement was Uli Kush. And he was in a lot of different bands before. He was in like Holy Mother and, um, he was even Gamma Ray. He was in tons of bands before he got to Halloween. This Holy Mother? No, not Holy Mother. Holy, um, oh crap. I'm, I said it wrong. Hi, Mike Torelli. How you doing? Holy some Holy Moses. I'm sorry. Okay. But that was another well known, uh, German band or whatever. Um, but uh, Uli Kush uh, taking over drums in Halloween, uh, it, it gave them, uh, it, it brought them back to like their power metal, early power metal style because they, you know, they came out with Chameleon and Pink Bubbles Go Ape and they were kind of getting soft or whatever. And then once he came into the band and then Andy Dearest joined the band, you know, they just came back to what they were known for in the beginning, you know. And I would say Andy Dearest too, but I, I love Michael Kiske so much as their vocalist it's hard to say andy dears even though andy dears has done a lot more in halloween than, than michael kiske ever did um you know it, it's I'm, I'm just gonna go with uli and and i love the new members that are in the band now i mean they're doing good but i think that period where uli was in the band that's like my favorite era of halloween even well, after the keepers albums i'd have to agree with you i, I still say that that uh three album uh lineup of uh, Master of the Rings and um, Time of the Oath, which is my favorite Halloween album, and Better Than Raw. Those three albums in a row—that's like one of the best, yeah, it's best very metal consistent. triads. Yeah, you know, three albums in a row structures done by any band. So, yeah, and and he contributed a lot to the songwriting as well as the drumming. So, yeah, yep, he did a lot in the band too. So it's it sucked when he left and and, and Roland left too, but it is what it is. Well, you know, left. <laughs> yeah exactly uh greg when ronnie james dio joined black sabbath amen Mm -hmm. because i mean they were just reborn whole new dimension of the band you know and we talked about this before how it opened up more songwriting possibilities and stuff like that but it's uh heaven and hell the album just makes such an impact on me still to this day because legitimately the first five black sabbath albums are great excellent masterpieces Mm. but there was only so far they could go really with that and then the cracks kind of showed they did two albums that while i still like them a lot aren't really on point and well frankly they seem tired of it you know it's funny because i like the title track never say die when it's played live but on the album i mean it sounds like the death knell for the band it's (laughs) <laughs> just awful they they want to sound so energetic and no one sounds like they want to be there so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what always amazed me about the the heaven and hell album it's just a huge departure from the the last few albums that black sabbath did with ozzy it yeah. is but you can still tell it's black sabbath though and that's right, what's right. amazing about it you know and they just have so much energy like i said it's not just even their back it's like they were reborn reborn yeah. neon nights yeah and yeah. At, you know the documentary we talked about last week and all that right ronnie just had so much heart and energy it's i mean children of the seas one of the best songs of all time yeah yeah definitely is it's just a it just sucks that the way that whole thing went down we talked about that on the last episode but it really does but you know you're born again will always be my favorite sabbath record and if that didn't happen we wouldn't have that although uh, what if ronnie james dio sang born born again wouldn't work you don't think it would have worked and i 
I wouldn't like disturbing the priest as much. I can tell you that right now. There's something about Gillen's shrieks and his laughing and that, and just all over the record that just does it. And also, as much as I like Ronnie, um, the way he sung when he did metal, although, you know, him with just the piano, he's clearly capable of it, but I don't really see him doing like keep it warm or hotline very good. And it probably would have been a totally different album anyway. Yeah, probably. Yeah, look, uh, let's face facts. Ronnie and Ian Gillen are two completely different lyricists. Oh, yeah. You know, Ian, I mean, for God's song, for, for God's sakes, uh, think about the song Knocking at Your Back Door from Deep Purple. You know, I never heard anyone ever use the term cunning linguist ever <laughs> in a Brill. song and shrewd shrewd and cunning language and 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 right and ronnie wouldn't not write body lyrics no. right right like that i mean you know as, as much as i say you know sabbath is my favorite band without iomi it it can't sound like sabbath every vocalist adds their flair mm-hmm. to it so you know i mean it sounded odd when Ian Gillen was singing Dior Ozzy songs, but the stuff he did on Born Again was well, amazing. What's interesting about that is, though, and you could disagree with me if you want, but it's definitely something to think about. I never, ever liked Ozzy singing Rock and Roll Doctor, but when uh, Gillen did it live on the Born Again tour, it just brought it to life. I'll give you that. I actually have the Born Again Deluxe Edition where they act the second CD is all live tracks, and that sounded good. Yeah, it's just something. And I mean, Ozzy tried it, just wasn't in his wheelhouse. But uh, Ian was that type of vocalist, and he brought it out. And he actually did a pretty good job, I think, because of the tone, probably, in which they recorded Born Again and what they were striving for with that record. He did the, the song itself, Black Sabbath, pretty well. Yeah, they also detuned their instruments down a whole step on the Born Again album and tour, which on yeah. Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die, they played in standard, which, you know, it didn't sound like Ozzy was struggling on those albums, but on the tours, he definitely was, you know, as opposed to them being in C sharp standard, which is one and a half steps tuned down. So, you know, uh, yeah, no, I, I'll give you that. All right, Lou, what's your next pick? Well, I don't want to repeat anything that you guys said because, you know, like uh, yeah, Adrian obviously. was on my list um, and I, I'm not going to spoil uh, one of Greg's picks, even though him and I talked about it before we went on air and well, oh, similar. No, 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 I won't. I won't. Um, I'm just going to go outside of the wheelhouse a little bit. Um, actually, James, why don't you go ahead of me? It's fine. Why, why, why is that? What, what, what happened here? Because I'm still looking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, my last one, um, I have uh, Justin Ch- Chancellor uh, replacing Paul Dilmore in the band tool. That's a good one. Um, it just, it just uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like undertow and everything like that. But when Chancellor came in, it completely changed the sound of tool into the prog metal group that they are today. And mm everything I loved and everything. And he's just awesome live. Got it. Got it. So I'm going to say deep purple 
David Coverdale replacing Ian Gillen because as much as I loved, you know, Highway Star and Smoke on the Water as a kid, uh, when I first heard the Burn album, I was blown away. And, you know, it's great that Whitesnake still plays that era of Purple live. You know, they do Burn and Stormbringer and Mistreated. You'll never hear uh, Gillen ever <laughs> attempt to sing those songs. But, um, you know, Burn is my favorite album from Deep Purple. That's my favorite lineup of Deep Purple. So I have to give, you know, David Coverdale credit, a more than sufficient replacement for Ian Gillen. Good one. Okay. Good one. Uh, my list is pretty much done, uh, but just some honorable mentions. Uh, Messiah, Mark Holden from uh, Candle Mass. I like him way better than the first singer. First thing was okay, but Messiah really made Candle Mass for me. I only liked the one album, so. Really? Oh, man. And um, Steve Perry from Journey. He wasn't the original singer. A lot of people don't realize Steve that. Steve Perry. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Without Steve Perry, I don't know if Journey would have ever been uh, as famous as they became. You got so. that, Jonathan Kane? You got that. <laughs> <laughs> So whoever else has uh, stuff, Greg, you got anybody else? Yeah, um, this, this is a double whammy, but they were both in the same band, although they joined at different points. But Bruce Kulik and especially Eric Carr in Kiss. Now, see, I, I talked about this at work because I told him what we were doing tonight. And I did bring those guys up. I, I brought I, I, uh, Eric Carr, at least I brought up. And, uh, you know, he's to me, he's a better drummer than than Peter Chris. I, you know, he's Peter Chris is more jazz drumming and uh, Eric Carr is more of the hard rock type stuff. And um, to me, even though Eric Carr didn't sing, uh, didn't play on the uh, the better Kiss albums. He's just a better overall drummer. Well, he is. He's, he's definitely um, technically better. I mean, you know, he, he, he didn't have quite the same feel to him on like mm-hmm. song that you know chris originated like black diamond but he still played them good he just had his own style with it but peter chris would have never been able to pull off a lot of what eric did on music from the elder i'll no, tell you no no and um he it, eric i mean he was just so much more forceful and bombastic in the way he played like creatures of the night even though ironically it didn't do as good as lick it up even though it's a better album but we could talk about that all day and we all know why, but, uh, you, you know, because I debated with this a little bit, because at first I was going to say Vinnie Vincent, because he did do a lot of good co-writing stuff with him. And, you know, he was a shredder, but he had an ear for melody, which is why I don't think Mark St. John ever worked in Kiss, by the way, that just did not really fit with their sound when they did Animalize. But um, it did. It's more Eric Carr and his heart and his drive and how he helped propulse the band sound forward and change. And then how Kulik came in when, you know, Gene was really fairly disinterested in doing anything with Kiss and was really the only one who had in mind kind of that old in your face rock that Kiss was really known for. Because Paul, even the songs he was writing, they were really focused on following other people at the time you know like asylum i like a couple songs from it but that's more like docking than it is kiss really 
except for a lot of the times what Bruce was involved in writing. And you can really hear that on crazy nights. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, well, I mean, Eric was my favorite drummer in kiss and, uh, you know, and, and, and I still say that my favorite line of kiss ever was the unmasked tour elder, um, album, which people think I'm crazy about, but again, that's just my preference. And, I love Bruce as a guitar player and you know I thought what Bruce did was n- not that he homogenized a um you know if if you took Ace's contributions Vinny's contributions um Mark St. John's contribution uh contributions and put them in a blender I don't think Bruce homogenized them I think he added a flare of heart, you know, technical ability and um, just, you know, skill to Kiss's music. I mean, the Animalized tour, Jesus Christ, that band was on fire. Like, you know, I saw the Animalized live uh, uncensored video and, you know, I would have been proud to have called myself a Kiss fan if I had been to that concert. Um, I resented... Uh, the fact that they would he 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 unfortunately earned the nickname Spruce Kulik because they would say he would just stand there and play. And I'm like, dude, you know, you got Paul doing his raps and his like, you know, dancing when he's playing. Let Bruce just play his solo. Let him do his job. Leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm so I'm really surprised you picked those two. Especially Bruce, you know, especially with everybody well, loves Ace, but uh, that's I love Bruce. He's awesome. I mean, Ace is great. And I even though he's a whack job, I really like Vinnie Vincent's guitar playing and writing. But um, he, yeah, Bruce was the only other one that's ever joined the band, including Tommy Thayer in the guitar spot that really was more about what was doing right for kiss, which kind of mm. sounds like towing the gene and Paul line, but that's not how I mean it in a financial sense. I mean it in a, in a musical sense, what was best to keep them on track and the same thing with Eric Carr and they, they played really good and tight together. And um, that's why I even like carnival of souls. There's a lot on that album that they do really well. Yeah. I like that album too. And, Pretty much, Greg, I think we could sum up how we feel about Bruce's time in KISS is that he made KISS viable as a band, not as a brand, which is what Gene wants to do, which for music fans, we just care about the music. So, All right, Lou, we got one more. Um, What was the one you weren't going to say? Well, I, I wasn't going to say Eric Carr because I wanted to give Greg the honor of saying it. Okay. And um, he already mentioned Adrian Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I have one more and I'm going to go out on a whim when I say this, but, uh, you know, I'll say some honorable mentions first. Um, James Labrie in Dream Theater, mm-hmm. Love Images mm-hmm. and Words. That was a great um, uh, addition. Um, you know, though, technically... Uh, the first singer on the Dream Theater album wasn't really in the band. Charlie Dominici was not a member? No, not really. <laughs> he was like picked to record the album. Huh. 
Yeah, but he did do some shows at Sundance and Bayshore he, with them. Yeah, he did do shows in here and there, but he was only like picked to do the album. So he wasn't um, technically in originally in the band. All right, all right. Uh let's see what else. Um I love that album, by the way. Yeah. Um, I guess I gotta give credit to Eric Singer as well because I thought Revenge was a great album. He did replace uh Bill Ward and Black Sabbath for um seven star and eternal idol and his playing was great on those records is he the um, longest drummer in kiss now officially yeah yeah and and twice tenured hmm. um trying to think you know it's funny you mentioned frusciante before um and not chad smith but you know uh james but uh, i i i'll say chad smith as a drummer was a great addition to the chili peppers although i think it's funny now that uh you know dave navarro jane's addiction replaced john frusciante but now frusciante is back in the van and uh <laughs> um what's his name dave navarro had to sit out uh the previous jane's addiction tour and the future jane's addiction tour previous one he was replaced with troy van lewin of queens of the stone age this time he's getting replaced by Josh Klinghoffer, whom John Frusciante replaced in the Red Hot Chili Peppers this time around. There's a lot of crazy shit going on in California. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Just a normal time in L.A. I guess so. <laughs> but I guess for my final, I'm going to say Richie Faulkner uh, replacing KK and Judas Priest because I know you guys hated Redeemer of Souls. <laughs> Only because but, of the sound. If it sounds, yeah, it sounds like shit. Yeah, that, that was that was about the production for me, not really the music. But firepower, holy crap! Yeah, yeah. If if anyone wants to listen to some killer guitar playing and killer songwriter songwriting, you got to acknowledge Richie Faulkner and Judas Priest. So there you go. There you go. And my final one is Blaze Bailey from Iron Maiden. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> yeah, we knew that was gonna happen. Being replaced by Bruce Dickinson. Good idea. <laughs> I do like X Factor, but uh, no. Um, so that's it. This was pretty fun. You know, it was very oh. thought provoking. Oh. What? 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 One more honorable mention. All right, go ahead. Uh, Dan Chewy Mongrain from uh. Boy because he was absolutely the perfect person to pick up and carry on Voivod's legacy in uh, Piggy's place much respect to him and he's awesome and also uh rocky the uh newer bass player he's been with him for a few years now but he's another one just totally understands what they're about and they're just as good now as they've ever been very cool i'm surprised nobody picked david gilmore replacing sid barrett and pink floyd but I throw thought about that, but oh, you know, I I just remembered one other guy. Go ahead. Okay, continue. Oh, you want me to say? What's it? Go ahead, Henry Rollins. That's true. Oh, he was not the original. He was singer not the Black original Black. in Black. Yep, he was not. If you read, get in the van. Um, <laughs> dude, per- personally, I like Keith Morris's vocals better. I do. Rollins, too. I, I like good job, but um. The, the well, you can get it all in the first four years comp, except for the three different versions of damage they recorded with the different vocalists, which is on everything went black. But um, 
I don't know the, the energy, just the way them guys sung differently, I guess. Like, I don't dislike Damaged, but I prefer Dez and Keith and Black Flag. Right. But Henry's cool, and My War is a great album. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. This was a pretty cool show. Like I said, um, go to RatSoundReview.com. Uh, wait for SeverageAngel.com to be coming very soon. Uh, the album release will be mentioned very soon. Uh, there will be a single coming out very soon. I'm working on the video right now. We just got to wait for Lazy George to record his part of the video. Um, if you have know. any of your favorite replacement members, put them in the comments section. Yeah, but then please put them in the comments. We'd like to know that. Totally. We'll discuss it. Yeah. Um, or, and also put that on the uh, Facebook page as well. Yep, put it on the Facebook page. Put it everywhere. And uh, even in the, like, uh, if you're going to do a review of our show, let us know what you think of the show on iTunes or wherever you can review the show. I have no idea. But put, give us some good stars and stuff because we need that. And um, let people know about us and hit that subscribe button because we're almost to a thousand. We're at 887 right now. So we're is getting the, closer, is the, and closer, uh, closer. Is that limited edition Death, <laughs> death Leopard lim- still around? It is still there. We didn't get to a thousand yet. So it's still here. Lou has it. It's somewhere. up there somewhere. Hold on. There it is. It survived Christmas, folks. It did not get regift. It was not <laughs> so used as a drink poster. Coming around, guys. You know the special, the special ladies of Def Leppard fan. You know, come on, you get to listen to Jim Crean doing Def Leppard karaoke. Exactly. Who does not want to hear that on a romantic day like Valentine's Day? <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> By the way, uh, there's one topic I wanted to uh, mention, but. Um, is it true that Carmine Apice said that Van Halen's eruption uh, was either borrowed or inspired by Cactus? Is it yeah. true Carmine right. Apice said this? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something about that too. I, uh, uh, who had the article that I read? might have been Ultimate Classic Rock. But yeah, he did say it in an interview. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> It's a, well, you know, the thing about it is the blues riff that he's talking about. Eddie just took it in part of eruption and made it his own. It's you know how many band have done that. Do you Cactus know how many played really energetic? Do you know how many songs ACDC use the A to G to T? Yes, I mean, Whole career highway to hell, perfect example. Yeah. Speaking no, no, that, that, that's what I mean. It's just an a, an absurd claim. <laughs> well, I mean the uh, the the great Dave Grohl story to bring that back around uh, when he when uh, I forget which uh, funk band he used the whole uh, drum solo into "Smells Like Teen Spirit." He went to at the actual band showed up at one of the record parties. He goes like, oh, "Hey guys, I'm a big fan. I actually used your guys's riff for for Smells Like Teen Spirit." They just went, "I know." And walked and turned around and walked away. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised nobody mentioned um, Brian Johnson. Well, I think that was Manny's wow. number one choice. Yeah, that would have been Manny. <laughs> but he didn't want to offend Jesse Fink. Exactly. Oh, but also, I mean, in my, you know, we did say our favorite ones. And, you know, he, he, I don't know if that would be one of our favorites. I was only kidding anyway. I mean, I like ACDC with Brian Johnson, but he's no Bon Scott. Yeah, I like him, but it wouldn't be a favorite. 
not even. I mean, close. I mean, his his most successful album is the one where he's singing a bunch of of, of, of alleged Bond Scott songs. Yeah, so, very incredible. Uh, one thing before I forget, and I keep forgetting since we started to show back up. Uh, I we will be starting up a uh, radio show on uh, freeworld.fm. So if you go to freeworld.fm, uh, it's not up yet. I'm still waiting. Uh, you can go there, and there will be a little thing that you can put your email address and subscribe there, and it will let you know when that station will be on air. It's going to be sometime this year. I have no idea when. I don't know what time we'll be on. I'm, I'm hoping maybe 10 o'clock Wednesday nights right after this show. So it'll be music, and uh, hopefully you guys join me. And um, How much know. Halloween are you, uh, like, are you contractually obligated to not play like every single Halloween song? I can play whatever I please. Get ready yeah. for a lot of Halloween, kids. It's the whole show. Actually, the whole thing is going to be dedicated to Halloween. Uh, I was expecting some napalm death in there. We're going to play everything. So it'll be uh, fun. No, no, no. Ca- uh, well, Cal decapitation. I don't care what it is. Whatever you guys want to play with, we're going to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun if it ever happens. So go to uh, freeworld.fm. Hit subscribe. Ratsoutreview.com. Uh, hit subscribe on YouTube and everywhere else you listen and watch us. And uh, anything else? Yeah, James, how's your sports podcast going? So speaking of that one, um, I want to thank uh, Rocky Mountain Sports Network for uh, letting us be on their show uh, this last uh, college football season. But we will be debuting uh, on our own. We're going independent, folks. We're, we're leaving. We're leaving the confines of there, and we're going. We're going wrestling on the roads, folks, and No Huddle will be having their own um, podcast distributed, and uh, we have a Facebook page up, and uh, we're getting ready to start uh, what we call the talking season of college football because there is no such thing as an off-season in college football. We just change how we do it. There's no games actually being played. So So you're going on a mud show then? We're not going outlaw mud show, sir. We are not going to be breaking uh, glass over people's heads. Uh, we're going to be going. We're doing more Smoky Mountain than we are that, sir. By the, ah. and, and by and by the way, um, I know Lou. You know we we're big wrestling fans here, and I know Wayne is is a wrestling fan as well. Uh, rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Yeah, uh, that was just a very tragic thing. I am so happy to hear that uh, his daughter Gracie got feeling back in her legs. I know that that could have that would have that's devastating for a young competitive uh, girl like that to to have that in type of injury and lose your dad and all that stuff with it so yeah i just wanted to say that or, you know as a parting yeah. and yeah, uh, we, we talked about that last week yes that was terrible what no again yeah it was uh, i know that uh you know the pew family not uh, again their kayfabe name is uh briscoe but uh you know uh, the pew, they're they're uh god fear god fearing christians from sandy fork delaware and you know, they've forgiven uh, the family um, of, you know, the, the person um, that caused the accident, you know, and uh, they're marching forward, trying to grow from this and, you know, trying to help others. And uh, I think they actually have a uh, benefit uh, T-shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com if anyone wants to buy one to uh, contribute for um the pew family because you know um pro wrestling is not the lucrative business that it once was you know once you get on tv it's like to keep your spot on tv and earn that money it's like you know you got to be building bigger angles and in main events so you know uh, if you wanted to just 
buy a shirt and support the family, you know, uh, just type in Jay Briscoe yeah. uh, tribute uh, shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com. Yeah, because they were not the most cosmetically pleasing, uh, is what uh, John Laronidas <laughs> once said. Well, you know, uh, they forgot the part where this was a damn beauty contest. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Funk didn't wear no mouthpiece. <laughs> there, uh, huh? <laughs> Where's Abat? All right, Lou, uh, anything for you? Um, well, I uh, <laughs> I just uploaded um, a string of episodes um, from November till recent. Um, you know, I was going through um, some crazy stuff in the summertime, you know, with, uh, well, you know, we were recording the Severed Angel album as well as the singles. And my dog was diagnosed with anal gland carcinoma, of which he's recuperated. And uh, he actually has a uh, checkup in two weeks so but he's doing great so i really kind of put the kibosh on music is podcast music is live podcast a little bit mm. but yeah i'm hoping to get back into it soon um you know uh, start interviewing more people i know james and i have an episode that uh, we want to do where we discuss uh, the buddy rich tapes which i'm looking forward to that oh boy <laughs> um you know i got um some friends of mine who are musicians who want to discuss stuff as well. So yeah, definitely want to get them some shine. Uh, let's see the episodes that I just, you know, I released the one with um, uh, professor William Irwin, you know, great guest, the guys who do the Gene Simmons money bag sodas. Mm. I, 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 I think I slipped twice during the episode and called it money grab sodas. So I had to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, John and Paul, but I fixed that for the episode. Um, and I had uh, my uh, buddy, Matt Michelo, uh, who I did a track with called the uh, Havana Heat, had him on the show. And one of the international artists that he's worked with, Antesians out of Indonesia. So I had my second international uh, artist on Music is Life podcast. And uh, that was pretty cool you know he's he's opening music is live podcast in indonesia now so thank you antesians and thanks matt so you know now that things have calmed down a little bit maybe i can get back into doing a couple of episodes but you know again work life band and podcasts not in that order it's you know and family it's and a lot it's of work. crazy and, we'll, and one of these days we need to do that Django reinhardt uh episode as well Yes, we'd love to do that, but uh, definitely want to get the crazy stuff out. So we need to do Buddy Rich. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Thank you guys for watching the show. RightSoundReview.com. Oh, see what? <laughs> I, I actually have a fucking idea for once. Oh, All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's going to tell. Oh, and, and one more thing. We are doing uh, the King Diamond podcast is coming back next week. So be on the lookout for that. Good. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, um, I, I've been talking to uh, John Castigian for a while about, uh, you know, getting screams from the grave back going again. So that'll definitely be coming up soon. I just I want to get in touch with him as well. And it, just because I know you guys, it, our schedules don't always coincide, mm. but uh, definitely plan on doing some with everyone or at least Lou, because Lou usually agrees with me. Wayne doesn't like Klaus Maine, so, you know. <laughs> games has to make dinner but we'll get them on there eventually um hey i'm in a fine potato soup tonight okay <laughs> uh, 
Which Ooh, Scorpion Zom are you stuff, thinking? But, uh, huh? Which Scorpion Zom are you thinking? Ooh, really, man. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about doing a Scorpion Zom first. Actually, the one um, I, uh, I was talking to John about that I want to do is by a very obscure band that plays in that old heavy old school heavy metal sound i i think they were scandinavian maybe dutch but uh cuddy sark died tonight oh yeah that elicited about the response i expected <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, honestly, I, I think all of you, you guys, notice both wayne and james had their heads down <laughs> yeah well, I but, mean, um, I mean, I'm all I'm all for trying to figure out these these bands. It's like I know there's a shit ton I've never heard of before. So, but uh, one thing I wanted to start doing on uh, the Rats Out review page, just because I've seen other people doing it, is you know ranking bands' albums and just doing a quick write up day and day here to there because. After doing the Maiden versus Priest thing, I, I we don't need to do three months of that every now and then. So, nope. Think be a quicker way to do it, and we could all chime in in the comments even. And um, really, the question I was going to pose to our viewers is: There's three I've been thinking of the most. One is Black Sabbath. Um, the other was ACDC, and. I really think the one that would be most challenging for me, just because I like them so much, would be Blue Oyster Cult. So, Stan, if you want to see it, say yeah. And then <laughs> we'll decide which one I'm going to do first. I'm thinking you're thinking either Revolution by Night or Imaginos. Yeah, yeah. That uh, you couldn't decide on which one would be last, but those would definitely be the two. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like Revolution I, by Night, so. Hmm. I I really like some songs from it, but whereas even on Club Ninja, even though there's a bunch of outside producers from it, you still had Sandy Perlman there to kind of bring them back full circle where it's, even though it's different, it's AOR-ish, it's very 80s, it still sounds like Blue Oyster Cult. There are a lot of moments on revolution by night that do not sound like, like boc no but i do like aldo nova better with boc than i ever did him with bon jovi indeed and you know i mean there there's even someone there like uh veins where it's total 80s aor but it's weird enough where it works for bluish to cult and they really make it their own it just on revolution by night uh fire the unknown origin I would put right up there with their first three records. It's just as great. And they had that perfect balance of 80s chart toppers at the time and that kind of sound. And then their more hard rock BOC sound. And they kind of lost it, went almost completely one way on Revolution by Night. Still a couple good tunes on it, but not as good as a lot of the other ones. Yeah, well, you know, big shift with band members oh, yeah. going from uh, Albert Bouchard to uh, Rick Downey. Although Rick is a great drummer, as you could hear on Revolution and uh, Extraterrestrial Live, which I think I'm in the minority here. I do love that album. So no, honestly, Extraterrestrial Live is my uh, well. Now, on your feet or on your knees would be my favorite live release, but I do like um, Extraterrestrial much better than some Enchanted Evening. I will mm. say that that's a actually, honestly, I think one of Buck's best guitar solos is on ETL. Uh, the solo he does on 
veteran or another psychic wars. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, um, and the reason I was saying that this would be a tough one for me and I think it would be fun is because in doing these rankings and I've written the Sabbath ones up already actually, but I'm trying to look at it objectively, not just what's my favorite. Cause like I was saying, I'd rate a lot of them 10 out of 10 just because of how they were. But to be honest, I would have to place mirrors pretty low too, as much as I like that album, because it sounds more like the cars than it does blue oyster cold. Fair enough. Yeah. Not that and, that's and, bad. And, here, and here's a, and here's a discussion, a bonus episode of rat salad review where we discuss blue oyster cult. Oh yeah, we we could <laughs> we could do that as a special two weeks in a row. We do pretty well with BOC actually on this show. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's, yeah, we all like it's them. brought up uh, quite often. All right, anybody else? Manny, are we done now? Yeah, all I right, think we're, we're done now. now. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, I was gonna I was gonna make the joke, but then Greg kind of pounded BOC and thing. I was like, we could just have have Greg rank his all of his Voivod uh, albums together. Wait, if that's the case, we have to honor Manny by saying one thing. Hmm. Alice Cooper. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that that I still want to do and do on the show album by album because like he and I were saying that's very multifaceted and I think would be neat. And you don't hear his whole catalog done a whole lot. No, especially that um, Lost Era, his early 80s era. Yep. We will talk about doing that. So at some point that'll happen. But uh, until then, we will see you all next week. Bye. Good morning. See ya.